All right, and here we are. It is heading to the weekend time, episode number seven. I've seen you, and today I'm going to crack a beer with uh, one of my colleagues, Alec Rosenberry. How's it going, buddy? It's good. Beautiful day today, Paul. It is. I mean, this is what we get in Colorado. Uh, we have beautiful, beautiful spring days that are then pretty much immediately followed by crummy, wet, snowy weather. <laughs> yep. This is a typical spring, but boy, when the days are good, they are good. Before we get uh, too far into it, let's go ahead and crack a beer together, having a social distance beer here. Now it's all right. Yeah, sure does. Ask what do you uh, what you just open, Paul? Today I have a local favorite, uh, uh, Oscar Blues Penner, a throwback IPA. What do you have? That's a classic. I got a Dogfish Head, a sixty minute IPA. Oh, nice. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are hipsters like that, both ending up with uh, IPAs on this beautiful afternoon. It's the thing to do out here. It is. You know, have hanging out in the yard in the sunshine as we're appreciating a day today. So you got out and got to do some uh, some riding? Yeah, we're pretty lucky here in Colorado to be able to bike as long as you're safe about it. And um, one of the big perks of this whole thing is I've been rediscovering my uh, love of solo riding. I think like I always liked riding alone, even before any of this. Um, but I've done less and less of it as the years have gone on, just because other commitments get in the way. And riding alone is a pretty selfish thing to do. But now that we have all this extra time, there's a lot, of, and you're encouraged to ride alone. I've been uh, remembering that I really like a good solo, get in the mind effort out there on the trail. So I just came back from 100 kilometers. That was the goal, and uh, did almost all of it on gravel, and it was really fun. Oh damn! There you go. Cheers to that. 100k in gravel. Uh, so exploring all the uh, the North Boulder uh, interconnected roads and everything. Yep, I uh, I used Strava routes for the first time ever. Um, did a trial on their new service, and I was pretty impressed. You basically tell it how far you want to go and what kind of surface you want and how much elevation you want, and it makes the route. And um, boy, it sure did deliver. I spent almost no time on uh, pavement. Yeah, it was it was pretty surprising. A lot of I haven't seen almost any of the roads that I've been on today. Some of them were pretty remote, and it was pretty cool. It was a really socially distant ride, and I was I was impressed. It's good service. I don't know how much it's worth to spend money on, but I, I was impressed. They did a good job with that tool. Interesting. I've used some of the Strava route making stuff and looking at some of the heat maps. Uh, I'll also take a look at this new this new service because yeah, you're. You're one of the few Colorado natives I know. And to hear you say that you found some new roads here in an area that you grew up, you went to college, you're working, you ride, you know all the trails that I don't know. And yet you still found some new roads on this ride, you know, using this this online service. Um, that's pretty cool. That's, that speaks to a pretty good value there. Was it, were they good roads to be on? Was it a good route? Yes and no. There were a couple roads that weren't great. Um, I ended up in kind of uh, oil country for a little bit of it. Ended up on the uh, east side of I-25, which uh, is pretty far east. That's really where the plains are full on. And some of the roads were pretty bumpy and loose because of they're, they're quite rural. And they had, two of the roads had uh, larger trucks on them. But even then, they were so quiet that it wasn't a problem. It didn't feel unsafe. Uh, it's just hard work. Gravel can be tough. Uh, I think I underestimated 100 kilometers all on gravel. Um, yeah, it really, really brings, uh, brings home how hard some of these gravel races are. 
right getting out there you, you do 100k today 100k solo um i mean a lot of gravel riding ends up being solo you don't want to suck someone else's dust and they're yeah. going slow enough there's not a big draft it's more the mental but you know to, to do 100k on this and then to think that like you know dirty kansas you know <laughs> these you know 200 mile uh, events, you know, more than three times as long out there. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's that new form of you know type two fun of just suffer through it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's all for me. It's all about the little things that you can you can really let go if you're doing a two to three hour ride. Things that might bother you, but you forget about. But when you're out there for four to five hours, some of those things really start to have an effect mentally. And you're right, it's a total mental battle. And the longer you spend out there and the rougher the terrain, the more mental battles you have to beat and just everything. So yeah, you go. gravel's fun. Recommend gravel. Something else, Paul, I noticed today and I'm noticing it right now. Um, I think probably the whole world could is noticing this is how clear the air is. Um, you mentioned being a Colorado native. I've lived here my whole life and the population has expanded a lot, but the views I saw today out here and the view I can see right now is some of the clearest air I've ever seen in this state, especially down here in the Front Range. Really, really uh, unprecedented, I think. Wow, and that's that's quite interesting to, to be able to notice that. And that's, I, I, I've been doing my best at being really lazy and you know social distancing and not going anywhere. Yep. But, you know, I see the reports, you know, I see the articles, the news things, and it's talking about, I just saw the Himalayas for the first time in 30 something years were like properly clear. And I mean, that is amazing. And I, I absolutely love that side effect of what's going on. But then to hear from someone who could notice it in, in an area that I don't think of Colorado having not clear air. I hear about the the smog or the advisories for the Denver area, you know, it kind of sets here in this uh, kind of a bowl, you know, right between the mountains and the, the, you know, the plains as you head east. But I don't ever necessarily super notice it unless it's maybe uh, forest fire related and you know, then you see the haze over the, uh, over the foothills. But to, you know, to hear you noticing that, it's, that's quite, uh, quite interesting and I think honestly super cool that it's that close to home and you know, that we are getting these improvements. So it was a, a more enjoyable day out and about knowing that the, the air was cleaner? I think so. I don't think it was, uh, you, I couldn't feel it in my performance in any way, but the whole, when you're riding out on the plains, the further away actually you get from the mountains, the more of them you can see. And mm -hmm. uh, on a day like today, when it's so clear, you know, the views of Long's Peak and the Indian Peaks were spectacular and no, I was it was I was keeping my head up to stare at them you know eyes up on the on the horizon because it was nice to look at so I think so absolutely and we you're right we do have pretty good air here in Colorado we're pretty lucky uh, especially compared to a lot of other places but even still um, we clearly had room to improve because we have improved um, just it just wasn't an intentional improvement <laughs> Right. Well, hey, we'll we'll take whatever positive side effect we can get at this moment. Uh, I see people post like, okay, you know, it's not vacation, it's not holiday. It's it's a, just a total weird limitation of normal life that we can go out, we can go exercise, which is amazing. Uh, but you know, we really need just to avoid other people. And I see a lot of people posting and talking about you know working on you know mental health and you know mental wellness and think think about whatever you can control in this period. And if we're gonna get the side effect that the air is going to clear up and, you know, things are changing for the better that haven't in, you know, decades. 
let's you know let's just appreciate it and take note of that uh, take inventory that there's things that are good going on and we are going to get through this it's it, it is just unprecedented and uh, the weirdest kind of limbo um you know having to keep track of of days and day of the week and you know day of the month and what is going on and how long have we been doing this and the fact that you know we can still go out bike ride enjoy some nice weather it's not all bad so you know yeah. just trying to keep that positive keep keep a mind on the perspective of the overall anybody out there who's healthy and hasn't you know come down with any kind of illness during this period you know just just have a smile for that be appreciative that you have the health and you know if you got food on the table house over the head you know you've got the basics that that can get you through the period so yeah and in any catastrophe there's opportunity um you see it in all like really any catastrophe that's ever happened in history people there's there's opportunities that come up that never would have otherwise and they're not available to everybody not everyone has the opportunity some people are suffering but if the opportunity is there to do something that you couldn't otherwise do um, and, and and do it safely and not hurt anyone else. You got to keep your eye out for those opportunities. I can say for, with quite a bit of confidence that I would not have done this ride today if it hadn't been for this pandemic. And I doubt I would have done a hundred kilometer gravel ride this month, I bet. Um, and it's I'm here on the porch feeling great. Well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So there's some opportunity that you can find. It's different for everyone, but uh, I know that um, people have been finding opportunity right, left, and center. You know, e-racing on Zwift has been really fun to watch. And, um, mm. you know, little things here and there are, are uh, worth worth remembering. Yep, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, for, for every business that's, you know, struggling, there's someone that's thriving. For anyone who, you know, is, is really, under pressure right now you know there's opportunities to look and see and you know, again you know take what you can control you know find something different uh, for me i've taken the time to try to try and find more creative outlets whether it's at you know home with my son who's been out of school for weeks now and we're trying to keep him busy uh homeschooling and everything uh or even if it's just my own um you know uh hobbies and things you know i i do have a bit of a guilt to go out and ride by myself right now um i know i'm supposed to ride by myself but to leave my family my wife you know is home with my son and trying to do the homeschooling and i'm working in the home office during the day while she's working with him on the homeschooling so when i'm not working the last thing that uh, is you know kind of okay to do would be to then you know leave and go by myself and go for a ride while she's still home with him trying to keep uh, our son occupied and entertained to a degree and keep him from going absolutely crazy because you know even kids not understanding not having play dates not seeing their friends you know, for them, this is just kind of the most bizarre thing. Uh, we tell Silas not to run, you know, out of the yard. One of his friends rides by on a, on a bike in the neighborhood. And we're like, okay, you got to keep a bubble. They don't understand that bubble. So we're all, you know, adjusting a little bit to figure out these little quirks and ins and outs in our schedules and what we can do for our own sanity. So for me, you know, working on some of this creativity, um, both with the family and independently playing with uh, this podcast series, giving me something to focus on and keep moving forward. Um, regardless of the Colorado weather, whatever it throws at us, it's beautiful. Now it's supposed to be uh, winter with a vengeance on Sunday and then the spring will come back next week and it'll all be good again. But, you know, we just got to keep, uh, you know, keep, keep moving forward, looking at those things, staying motivated, finding something new to try and do. 
uh, you're you're much more of a mountain biker, you know. So to to go out today, 100k gravel ride, drop bar, you know, that's that's a pretty big shift there. So what you know was it the remoteness of you know having to go to a trail versus just ride out in some roads by yourself? What puts you on the gravel bike versus a mountain bike today? Yeah, I think part of it is to keep it um, diversified. You know, if I'm gonna ride my mountain bike, I'm gonna have to drive to the trailhead. I have a, a bike and I have, there's gravel nearby and the opportunity is there. And switching it up allows you to put a new challenge in front of you. I think mountain bike will always be my favorite, but I have way more experience with it than I do gravel. And so gravel is new and exciting and more time appropriate. So it's a new challenge and new challenges are good for your for your brain and for your soul and for your sense of accomplishment, especially when you set yourself uh, a challenge you don't do very often and you achieve it, it's it's great for you. And it gives you a rewarding sense of accomplishment that doesn't come when you do the same thing that you always do. And, and if you're mountain biking, usually those senses of accomplishment carry a lot more risk than the sense of accomplishment you get from achieving a goal in gravel. So it just seems if I was, which I was, I was craving a sense of accomplishment of achieving something and to achieve something on my mountain bike usually uh, carries a lot more danger and a lot more risk. So I went out and, uh, and made the goal to achieve something on my gravel bike. So yeah, uh, it's, it was really fun. There you go. And now I can I can relate with that desire to achieve something. It's, you know, that you have those days you just don't feel like you're accomplishing much or you're not making an impact or you're spinning the wheels. So I need to accomplish something. I want to, you know, achieve a, a target. I've always thought of myself, at least for my adult life, a pretty accomplished mountain biker. I can handle a mountain bike decently, you know, raced a high level expert class back in the days, they called it whatnot. You you definitely have a different style, a different technical ability. Um, you you dropped me like a bad habit when we went uh, <laughs> bits of trails. So I can, uh, I can quickly relate and see how there might be an unnecessary level risk to achieve something new uh, when you go out and hit the trails and go mountain biking. So, you know, that, uh, uh, that enduro uh, skill and you know capacity and you know style of how you know how to ride and what kind of riding you normally do a different uh, you know risk to reward ratio than uh, going out for a good long uh, gravel ride in the sunshine yeah absolutely I mean I think there is I have been out on my mountain bike and it is really fun and I, I do so enjoy that but um, it's you really you can't put it out of your mind when you're doing something that's inherently risky like enduro um, or downhill riding but you have to be cautious and you can't you can't try new things and you, and you have to be careful and you're irresponsible if you're not um, so riding within my limits is fun and I do enjoy it but pushing the limits of what you're comfortable with is something that's possible on a gravel bike just by adding more kilometers and it really doesn't increase your risk much at all when you do that. Whereas adding more, you know, adding more gnar, adding more airtime or anything on your on the enduro bike definitely carries new risk. And so it really made sense to get out there today. And and also gravel's fun. There's uh, all kinds of bikes are fun, and it's important to be a well-rounded cyclist. So it's it's nice to have something force you into a new into a new lane. Yep. No, that's for sure. And yeah, I mean, uh, bikes, bikes can certainly be fun um, in all sorts of ways and getting out there and, you know, just, just enjoying, you cover distance under your own power, you know, you get to just kind of, you know, have, you know, see the Zen moments, you know, just kind of enjoying it, you know, the eyes up, looking at the horizon. Uh, it, it's beautiful. And I think it's a bit funny that 
you, you mentioned going further east, you get a better view of the mountains to the west. Uh, and we're kind of uh, almost a little blind to it. Uh, Longmont's not as bad as Boulder. You know, we're a little bit further east. Um, you know, you get towards, you know, Broomfield and the areas that head towards, you know, the big highway 25. As you get further away, you know, you're 20, 30, 40 minutes away from getting into the foothills by car, the view just keeps getting better to, you know, to a certain point. So, you know, you get that uh, 40 to 60 mile range, I think, uh, east of the mountains, and you get that really beautiful view, just giving perspective. And I think yep. that's one thing a bike can really do for us is help us get that perspective. You notice more, um, you know, you're going slower, you get the opportunity to notice and experience and see everything, but you know, the size of a hill, the, you know, sharpness of a corner, just that perspective that you were able to get there and you can be part of it rather than kind of isolated in, uh, in an automobile or otherwise. So it's always, um, always a lot of fun to ride bikes and to appreciate that. Um, I never would have thought that I would be an adult with uh, bikes and cycling as uh, such a prominent uh, key piece of my, my life and who I am, but I'm thankful to do it because they, they are fun. It's, it's adult toys here uh, in, you know, in the most uh, uh, entertaining, athletic, uh, enjoyable kind of ways. So, yeah, it's good for the soul. That's for sure. And that's uh, we need more of that right now. Too much chaos, too much uh, negative in the news. You know, it's important to follow along, but to a degree, yeah. it's like, okay, we need something else. And that's wow. that's where we're here. That's that's was the design, the thoughts, uh, the idea behind uh, I've Seen You kicking off this podcast and mm-hmm. touching in and chatting with friends that I, I missed out on the opportunity to share a beer or a meal or just a short conversation with so many friends and colleagues in just uh, four or five weeks by not traveling and by being limited at home with this. So yeah, we got to keep uh, keep finding that, that good food for the soul where we can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, you know, I think I'm, I'm in a really lucky position. I live in a pretty empty area not a very dense population area and there's a lot of empty space out here so getting outside is easy and it's safe and there's little risk that that i'm putting on anyone doing this and i think anyone who's in a in a position where they can manage to thrive in these times kind of owes it to the the people who can't you know there's a lot of people who are really suffering from this stuff you know people in apartments and cities who really are stuck inside and they don't get to experience these things that we get to and i think it's important that that if you are as long as you remember that you're that you're lucky here and 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 that like that i remember that i'm you know really blessed to be able to do this i think it's important to you know for everyone to do stuff that makes you happy because when you pass that along to the next person the next person it it brings us all up and there's a lot of down but for every person that's man that's able to do something that brings themselves up that brings us all up so if you're able to do something that's if you're able to capitalize on an opportunity like you're doing with this podcast or I'm able to do with bikes or uh, anyone who's able to do it with music or art or any opportunity that you have, if, if you have the capacity and the capability to seize some opportunity, I think you owe it to everybody to, to jump on it. it. It helps everybody. If, if your mental health is up, your neighbor's mental health is up too. Yep. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I mean, yeah, we're very fortunate. We have a, a safe, you know, space around the house. We got a front yard, a backyard. Kick the ball through the frisbee, whatever. And you know, just 
just again, you know, looking back and appreciating those things um, and finding a way, if you can, pay it forward. We can also have the same impact on what we do each day, each day with our dollars and what we do with our own habits of avoiding people and you know, making the smart decisions, you know, still helping move things forward, getting one day closer to back to normal society. It's so strange that it's not war. It's not like there's a big conflict going on with decisions, but, you know, it's something that is, you know, it's a pandemic that affects 90 plus percent of the entire globe uh, that, you know, life is just not normalized. And it's all because of, uh, you know, something invisible to the naked eye, you know, it's, it's going around and is, you know, very hard to trace and yet is leaving a, a wake of, you know, chaos and economy crushing consequences. But, you know, we're all having to drag through this together. Uh, it's just such a, such a bizarre thing. Never, never anything that I would have thought, you know, maybe naive to it, but. Yeah, I think everyone was naive to it. Huh? I think in general, as, as people, we're pointing a lot of fingers at each other saying who's at fault for this. And I think that there's a lot of blame going around, like how could you be so naive to this, especially people pointing at our policymakers. And I, I, nobody was immune to being naive from this. I very naive to this. I, I mean, I knew what was going on and I pretty much rolled my eyes at it. And at every step of the way, I said, nah, it's not going to be as bad as people say. And 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 every step of the way, I've been proven wrong. You know, people like me are susceptible to these feelings. That, does, that means the people in power are susceptible to them as well. It's hard to imagine something like this when you haven't lived it, your parents haven't lived it. And it's very unlikely that even your grandparents ever lived it. You know, general generational memory is a thing, and there's almost no generational memory of a pandemic left anymore. So it's it's easy for everyone to be naive to how bad this has gotten, because how could it ever be this bad? It hasn't been this bad for anybody ever. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I, I, one of the quotes that I heard quite often in the early days, uh, you know, there's the comparison with the general flu and the, the death toll that goes with that. And we very quickly kind of went past above and beyond that comparison uh, that this was a serious deal. But then also the other viruses that, that we've heard about, you know, we've kind of grown up in the last 10 years with, you know, bird flu and swine flu. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there seems to always be something. The, the boy who cried wolf it was the medical community, medical community prepping us each time for this. And after a while, it just became, you know, there's going to be another bug. It's going to go around and it's going to, you know, have some damage, but it'll blow over. This is the one that didn't just blow over. And it's it's one of those things you never know how it really could go. And that's where you just, you gotta got to find how are you prepared, how are you ready to respond to something without living in fear? How do we get back to living a normal life? Or next generation, my son, you know, he's going to grow up in the upper years and they're going to look back on this, on this phase and his kids will read about it in a history book on, you know, somewhere between history and science and biology and whatnot. It's going to come through of this is how bad it can be and we got to be smarter, you know, in the future. Yeah, I, I really like the analogy you said um, at the beginning of that. The boy who cried wolf. I, I really think that's accurate. I think, and no, no fault of the health experts that did cry wolf time after time because that's their job. They had to keep us safe. Um, but after many uh, basically supposed pandemics that, that were going to change the world and didn't, it was hard to believe this one would when your your life experience, every bit of your life experience says that these critical diseases aren't that critical. Um, you know, my, my life hasn't been that long, but I 
I've heard about these pandemic diseases over and over and over again, and, and nothing ever really comes of it. You know, swine flu, bird flu, Zika, Ebola. I, I remember the fear and I remember the concern and, and people died and it was sad, but it didn't change the world. And so it becomes hard to believe in this boogeyman that everyone's promising is coming when, you know, they're crying wolf. Um, and, and again, it's it's not their fault, but but it, that's, the, that's a perfect encapsulation, I think, of why so many people, me included, didn't buy it didn't think that this was as big of a deal as it was. And I'm sure that that same mentality was goes all the way to the top, you know, including actual experts and uh, people who are telling us, you know, what to do. And yeah, I don't think anyone's um, free from that, from that phenomenon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of turn, you know, around 2000, there was a whole, like just a, a new genre of, the world's gonna end movies, uh, whether it was about volcanoes or you know bioengineered weather, or there's been a handful of pandemic you know movies talking about a virus that went crazy, uh, and so it's almost like we were primed. You know, the the science community kept saying, "Hey, something's gonna happen," and then Hollywood was like, "This is what could happen," and yet now here we are, and everyone's kind of like, "It it ha- it's happening." Like, wait, what? And it it's almost the most like just calm casual approach to it when you think about the big big scale of things there's no massive one day finger snap it's it's just been this tidal wave across the globe of you see it coming it's not going to come oh it's over there oh there's one case oh there's a thousand cases oh we need to all stay home it just kind of rolls over and I'm, I'm ready for it to, to lift off and roll by and be on the other side of this um, and then figure out how how do we just incorporate intelligent planning into the future because this you know this uh, you know i pray it doesn't happen again i hope this is a once in a lifetime thing for all of us living right now uh, because this this is massive and impactful i think it's probably less than once in a lifetime and that's why we all forgot about how bad it can be because the last time anything this bad happened was before almost anybody who's alive lifetime so i suspect it will be a once in a lifetime thing but um yeah you're you're correct in everything you said there well i know we can't hold hold you to that commitment uh you know, <laughs> yeah engineer yeah. viruses but hopefully you are uh, spot on and uh we can put this into rear view in short order than just uh have it be there and this all make smarter smarter choices <laughs> it is an interesting feeling though to be living through history um there's not you know most of most of your life isn't really history and most of anyone's life you know even giant historical events don't don't encapsulate most of anyone's life and so it's a it's a short you know in the grand scheme of things the, the length of this virus will be a short time even in the worst projections it, it'll be a small percentage of people's lives so i agree i'm ready for it to end too but at the same time there's a certain fascination to knowing that you'll talk about this time and what you did during this time and what you remember from this time and what you remember was like you and I and everyone else are, is going to be talking about what this is like for the rest of our lives. Um, so it's, it's a unique feeling to know that, that that how you're acting now is something you're going to remember forever. That's completely true. Um, I mean, the other the other thing in my lifetime, there's a, there's a couple, you know, events that I can look back and have some vague memories. Uh, I know where I was when the news on Princess Diana's death. Uh, I, I remember where I was when there was the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, 
you know, there's some of these things when I was younger and it happens, but you don't quite understand the true uh, impact of what it's doing. And then 9-11 happened. And I know I know that period really well. I can remember and think back to it. And it's as it happened, the, it was crazy. It was big. And I was aware that this is this is a, a, a day in history books now. This is something that's going to be talked about. And kids in school do talk about 9-11. Um, and yet now here we are, we're living through an extended period. This would be like, you know, someone living during World War II, World War One, something of a large extended period that this story will be retold. And yeah, we're kind of like, <laughs> we feel like time is crawling. Um, it, it's just insane. But yeah, this, this whole period, and there will be quotes and documentaries and all sorts of stuff in the future of how, how we made our way through this period. So uh, it's quite interesting to be knowing, fully knowing that we are part of history that will be looked back upon and studied and you know they're going to see the impact and talk about the, the the flattening of the curve was the goal and it took this many days for us now it's an unknown we're, we're waiting that many days but they're going to have statistics on every continent and country and state and county of, of how it came and went what the response was and whether it worked or whether it didn't work um, unfortunately i've seen some you know reports already that countries that early on did really well um, uh, South Korea, uh, Taiwan come to mind, and yet now they're actually having problems. It's almost come back around because they kind of let the guard down. They were applauded for how well they did up front, but you know this thing's not done yet. So we're still in that period of don't let the guard out, you know down, don't uh, you know don't relax yet. They're still living it, and it's you know just something so strange to be a part of history happening. Yeah, and it can it can be a hard thing to take seriously when it doesn't affect you um, in your own life. Um, I don't know about you, but in, in other than the restrictions that have been placed on us by the government and, and our employer and, and, and the day-to-day -day life changes from policy, um, this disease hasn't affected me or anyone I know, um, except for a couple people who got sick and got better. And, and so it can be easy to want to be like, oh, hey, you know, let's just uh, hop out of this thing. But uh, obviously, that opinion is kind of irrelevant because we're all part of the bigger machine here and um yeah it'll, it'll happen when it happens and uh the end will be when it is and and uh there's no predicting it well i know i know one thing is that we'll continue to uh share beers um likely uh virtually for a while we'll, yeah definitely we'll ride when we can whether it's online or solo you know we'll share beers we'll stay in touch we're going to get to the other side the vast majority of us many 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 of us will be you know smooth and through the other side and the the worst impact we'll have is that it disrupted our schedules you know i look forward to reaching that point um you know i can't wait to to be there and to make sure that you know we cherish and enjoy the opportunities for uh you know the the buddy you know, saying let's go go for a bike ride together let's share a beer together you know let's let's do something together i'm ready to get back uh, back into that phase. Yeah, and a lot of times I think change is positive, and some of these changes are being forced on us quicker than we want, and being they're coming faster than we want. But it it is disrupting the world, and it's disrupting the status quo, and it's disrupting our social habits. I think there will be some positive things in long term, positive things, especially in society that come from this. You know, I think you, you'll see a lot of people working from home 
I think working from home will really allow people to kind of revitalize rural communities. There's no reason to ever move to a rural community because you can never make money there, even if you wanted to live there. So a lot of people do want to live there. They can't. Um, but this thing, I, I really think that the work from home population is going to fall after this, but it's not going to fall to the levels it was before. You're going to see a lot of um, good positions um, being remote. And, and that could that could help populate these remote areas in the country that are really suffering, bring in more dollars and uh, kind of revitalize the middle of America. I think it's a real possibility. And there's a lot of social opportunity to be had from a, from a change, you know, yep. maybe not a change that we wanted or that we expected or that we were ready for. But, you know, when the when the sand settles, there'll be some interesting and exciting new uh, new patterns. Oh, well, there we go. No, I think that's very true. And that's something, you know, really good to point out is, you know, there's there's now opportunity that wasn't maybe considered or, uh, you know, acceptable early on that now, you know, yeah, we can be remote in one in certain ways. Um, you know, we can, many more people can work remote than uh, expected. You know, I, I hope that there is more that we learn from this and we take from this and have the opportunity to, to appreciate when we get to the other side of it. So definitely interesting opportunities that were kind of thrust into place with, uh, with all of the changes that occurred so rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. The motto is always just keep it positive. Don't be too afraid. Just be the right amount of afraid and uh, see what happens. It's kind of like hitting a mountain bike jump for the first time. Have a healthy amount of fear, not too much, and um, just don't touch the brakes and go forward. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Sounds like some wise, educated uh, thoughts and learnings there. So, Alex, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I have now hit yep. the bottom of my penner, so it is time to yep. proceed back to the fridge. I hope you have a great afternoon. It's been fun catching up. Uh, glad you got to go ride share a beer together here and i'm sure we'll be back in the office together soon enough great thanks paul enjoyed it a lot bye thanks alex see ya